This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, Jen, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? Well, you know, we've tried to record this multiple times and I just ripped my shirt in one of them. So great. So not, not great. Compare it to how you were doing five minutes ago. Okay, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said this is a tricky subject for me because this is something I have struggled with for most of my life. Mm. And I understand so the, the number one question somebody said is, well, how do I make it stop? <laughs> That people love that question in yes. every single thing that we do. There is some stop. version of that. I don't want it to happen. And you know, our favorite answer, which it just annoys everyone, is it's going to happen. Yep. yep. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of what you do with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, let's talk about it, right? So, yeah. comparison, comparing ourselves to other people, to their relationships, to their job, to their body, any of those millions and millions of things we did. And no, we just had an episode about, um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't remember <laughs> about external validation. External validation. And I think that we wanted to do these episodes together because I think that external validation and comparison, they, they, they like to hang out together. They do. They're friends. They're buddies. They're friends. Yeah, they're, they're really, buddies. Yes. They like to chill, you know? So why is it so hard to stop doing? Because one, we've been doing it for forever. You've probably been doing it forever um, if you struggle so much with it. And it's how we try to place ourselves within the world, right? Yeah. There's, we have no way of tracking 
right? So like in school, from a really young age, you track in some way of like, oh, my grades or teachers or compared to my siblings. And then you sort of just keep that going for forever because we're trying to figure out how we fit into this world. And so mm-hmm. we compare ourselves to others to figure out well, wh- what box am I in and how do I do this? And this is when I can sort of become risky, that word again. Yes. And you know, the thing that keeps coming up when we talk about everything is like how it relates back to safety mm-hmm. and how important it is for us to feel safe in this world. And I think when we compare ourselves to others, it gives us almost a false sense of safety of if this person's doing okay and I'm not doing what this person is doing, then maybe I'm not safe. Yeah. Right. And then we get we, our anxiety ramps up of, oh, I have to do it in this way because mm-hmm. this person seems like they're doing well. And the tough thing is about that is that you are no one else but yourself. <laughs> it's the toughest part about all of this <laughs> is that you I know is that you are no one but you and comparing yourself to someone else mm-hmm. is doing yourself a complete injustice. Yeah. It is not fair for you to look at someone else's circumstances, personality, whatever they're doing, and say, I need to be doing what they're doing because you're in different positions, Mm. no matter what. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, the idea of the term jealousy. And I guess the emotion I keep thinking, oh, I should pull up my feelings wheel. Feelings wheel. You know that my feelings wheel is yes. on the back of my computer. Hold oh, you on. You can't pull it up. You have to look look behind. But I have behind. to move everything. Um, I want to know where it's at actually in the feelings wheel. I am just interested because I think about it with a ton of grief. And I'm wondering where it actually lies within, which I don't know. There's so many things on here. Will I find it? You may do a little song. Like yeah, a, can you do that do, really do, fast? Do, 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 like Jeopardy. Do, do, yeah. Do, do, na, na. You're doing really good so far. It's funny, I don't see it on here, which actually is really um, surprising. Oh. But I think that based on like the other words that I would see, it would, it would fit somewhere under uh, sad. Mm. And I think, and I've been thinking about this, right? Like, I feel like jealousy actually could, is a lot of, it's a really great way to avoid grief. Yeah. Wow. To be jealous and to compare myself to others is a great way for me to avoid my own sadness and grief. And the reason I started thinking about that is because somebody asked this really wonderful question of jealousy when comparing where others are in life, like being pregnant with where I want to be. And I think about that is that is the surface level emotion is jealousy. The primary emotion is grief and sadness. I am very sad. That is not where I'm at. I would like to be there. That's what I'd like. And I feel like I'm waiting and it's very hard to wait. And that is grief to have unmet expectations. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I, I love what you're saying. And I think that that's, that I think is, is so important to acknowledge is that we're comparing ourselves, but there's something underneath it. And so for you to recognize, because sometimes it's happening so naturally, mm-hmm. right? It's happening so quickly, so automatic that we're not taking the time to even recognize when we're doing that. And so for you to be really aware of when am I comparing myself to other people and to take a beat to be able to say, well, what's going on for me that this is happening so much mm-hmm. in this area, right? Like, what am yeah. I feeling? What's underneath this? Yeah. And the more you can slow yourself down and say, 
what's going on that I'm feeling this need to compare myself to this other person or what this other person is doing. And what else can I do with that, right? Because the comparison in and of itself is not helping. It's not? (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) Shocking. And that is the episode. Just kidding. That is it. End it right there. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So comparing to other couples, why do I do this? Well, what isn't working about your relationship? What are you comparing? Is right. there a part of you that wishes, trying to think of, I'm trying to think of what you would compare it to, right? Like, um, is there someone that you see in a relationship where they travel a lot and you think, well, my partner never takes me anywhere. My partner never goes anywhere. Okay. Well, wait a second. What's your part in this? And what are you sad about? Oh, I said, I'm missing out on stuff. Great. That's, that is legit. How do you make that happen? If I I have another example, if your part, if you are out, you see that that someone is giving more affection to their partner Mm -hmm. than you get from your partner. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like you're missing in your relationship? Do Mm -hmm. you need more affection? Do you need more connection? Is and if the natural comparison is coming up and it's it's making you realize what you're missing in your relationship that is a signal to move towards your relationship and say hey i'm looking for this this is something i feel like i'm missing can we have a conversation about mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. sometimes it feels easier to compare than turn towards your partner in a really vulnerable way yeah. and say hey this is something i'm really looking for in our relationship that i'm not receiving yeah. let's talk about that mm-hmm. sometimes it just feels safer to compare but in the end that comparison is just going to eat away at you because you're not actually being able to move anything in your relationship without that conversation yeah best tips for body comparison what people don't talk about enough is body grief. And um, if you are on Instagram, you can follow Body Image by Brie. She ta- I think it's just at Body Image by Brie. And uh, they do a really wonderful job of talking about body grief, right? Which is like, you know, I find myself jealous, but what is it? Oh, um, she can fit into different size clothes than I am. The world is made for her in a different way. Uh, he um, is, is able to get a different types of relationships than I am because of my body, right? So like, what are the things that I'm truly comparing myself? And then what's the grief I need to feel within myself to understand that comparison is actually, it doesn't do anything for me, right? So what it is, is I feel like, okay, I'm in a larger body and I sit in a chair in a doctor's waiting room or I um, experience medical bias from a doctor. It's really fucking sad. And you're right. Like, if you were in a smaller body, that would be much fucking better. Mm-hmm. It's better to live within the world. This world is not made for some of us in our certain bodies and how we look. And it's a really difficult thing. And that's the deep grief work that we have to do, right? I, um, oh, she has, I'm trying to think, do you remember? Who, who was that Instagram influencer that had the insane butt? Um, oh. And she just did like a million squats and just squatted all over New York yes, City. What was her exactly name? exactly who you're talking about. You know about. who I'm I, talking about, right? I don't know her name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. And like, and so everyone for like a while, she was like this huge <laughs> thing and everyone's like, that's what I have to do is 1,000 squats a day. You probably have to do more than that. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> and, uh, right, but what was it? It was that she was getting a massive amount of tension she was getting branding deals right like it was like oh well if i looked like that life would be easier for me 
That magical thinking comes in. That magical thinking. And and some parts is magical, but the other part is like sometimes like it's not true. Like you see like certain people online and you're like, what do they have about them? Oh, they're really hot and they talk into a microphone. And like, so then we have other people that are like the coolest fucking people in the whole goddamn world. And like in a lot of ways, our society has really shitty values. We don't have the greatest priorities as a value. Right, like, right, as, right. like as a society, right, would you right. say, right? Yes, like, I would absolutely agree with that. <laughs> We're constantly <laughs> fighting up against them. <laughs> right. And so that this is the difficult thing. And that is the grief work. I also, you know, I think a lot of the time when we talk about comparison, we talk about like the only person you can compare yourself to is yourself. You know, who you were yesterday is like, you know, but I think in terms of your body, that's also something to talk about because mm-hmm. for you to compare yourself, your your body to who you were when you were 18 years <laughs> old, <laughs> your body changes. A lot. And so yeah. for that is another part. And I think that that's a big thing, right? To be able to say, this is an area of your life where comparing yourself to your younger self is not going to be helpful for you. No, probably not. Especially if you weren't feeding that body properly and like nourishing yes. it. And like, you probably, you know what I mean? Like you probably weren't like, you know, really taking care of that body. Cause like you're 18, you don't have to, that shit's right. like. Exactly. Your metabolism feels like fast as shit. <laughs> All the stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, also, you know, like you could like I could not work out and like go out and run and it would do nothing, right? right. Like and so everything is a, is just different. And so and then there's grief with that. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? <laughs> it's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. you got to try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Oh, there's grief with aging. Yes. Right? Sometimes it doesn't matter, but like your body's just going to get older. And I feel like, you know, we live in a society that's like so obsessed with looking younger. The fact is like, even if you look younger and you get the Botox and you do the fillers and like whatever that feels important to you, you don't, you're not getting younger. Yeah. You may look it. Right. You're not getting younger. But you're not getting younger. And so then there's this like like this challenging thing of like, oh, I look young, but there is a huge grief of getting older, especially yeah. in a society that doesn't value age, especially for women. Yeah. I was I this brought up a feeling for me yesterday. I played tennis. I play tennis these days. And yeah, halfway yeah. halfway through, my knee started to hurt, my thumb started to hurt, like my whole body started to hurt. And I had this feeling of I wish that I did more when I was younger, when I didn't have these like immediate aches and pains from doing these things. And I think that that is, I think grief is a perfect, you know, feeling that comes up of that, you know, that time has passed and that is no longer here. I think that's why we, you know, hold on to stuff too. We were just talking about this the other day, like how we would love so much to be minimalists. And like not hold on to shit. It's like my dream. <laughs> it is my dream. I'm a minimalist. Minimalist. Just kidding. But I go through my shit. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll wear that. Or like, maybe I'll use that. And mm-hmm. you don't end up using it. But no. I think that's the psychological part. Of, I mean, there's a huge psychological part of like getting rid of stuff. Yes. And so I think that, you know, we hold on to this past version of ourselves or like who we used to be and sometimes compare ourselves to that past version of ourselves and saying, oh, I'm missing this. We have nostalgia about it in some way. And, you know, that it can bring up a lot of grief. It can bring up a lot of comparison. And I think, and you said this to me when I was turning 30, that I was like, oh God, do you, do you know what I'm going to say? No, I have no idea. Uh, I was like, oh God, like I'm 30, you know, like this is like a whole thing. And you said something to the effect of like, but look at where you are and like, look at what you've achieved and look at like, you know, all of the things that you're doing in your life. And it's such an easy switch when someone kind of pulls you out of that of like, I'm missing all of the things that used to be into like, look at where you are now. Mm -hmm. And so I think the grief work can also happen in conjunction with Let me acknowledge to like where I am and what age has given to me in some ways, because age, you know, even though it gives you aches and pains, it also gives you a lot of knowledge, a lot Mm -hmm. of serenity with yourself over time. And so I think that that is a piece of it, too, to be able to say, you know, I I am grieving and I, I recognize that in conjunction with that, I'm comparing myself to like who I used to be and to to through that grief work, being able to say, well, look at where I am now. What is it that I have now that maybe I didn't have in the past? Yeah. Well, it, right. So it's like coming to terms with actually where I am, like looking at myself and saying, I am this age. And But I mean, you you couldn't pay me to be 22 again. Same. I, 
I don't give a shit what my body looked like and what cool, fun shit I was doing. I wasn't doing any, but um, you couldn't pay me because I was scared and anxious and overwhelmed. And um, I thought that I should have been somewhere that I was, you know what I mean? Like, just like who I was, what I felt so shaky. Yes. <laughs> right. And so there's also parts to look back and be like, would you like really choose that again? And maybe you would. And that's great. And then that's something to grieve. And maybe not. And that's something to change the perspective around. And I think we tend to look at the parts that we like really enjoyed, you know, like the parts that were great as opposed to the parts that were a big struggle. For me, it was a big struggle. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that I was overjoyed. I, I was faking it. <laughs> I think back to that age and I'm like, oh, God, I was so like blissfully also unaware of yeah. things. You know, that that piece is something that I miss. It's just being blissfully unaware. It's so true. It's so true, right? But we have to answer this one just because we have to, Jen. It's comparing myself to other therapists. Oh, listen. I know for me, I'm never going to be the best therapist in the world. I mean, I don't know who gets Same. that award, but it's definitely not me. Same. <laughs> That like right like you know, and so I think like I think that is such a risky thing, especially because the field of therapy is so massively large, and you're trained in different ways, and everyone has different styles, and so like what is it about those other therapists you're comparing to? Yeah, how they do their work? Is it their social media presidents? Because that presidents is it their social media presidents? All the presidents of social media, (laughs) social media presence because that shit's fake too. We know lots of you know amazing fucking therapist that i would not spend more than 10 minutes with if i had a choice yeah well also (laughs) also i think about i think about doing therapy as an art and if you think about artists and you can do art in a million different ways right and you have people who look at art and one person might be like oh i get that that resonates with me and another person who might look at the same piece of art and say like that doesn't resonate with me i don't Mm -hmm. connect to that And so if you look at your style of therapy almost as if you're an artist, right, how do you become the best version of the artist that you are? Mm. But if you compare yourself to like Van Gogh (laughs) or Monet, right, maybe that's not your style. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, there are some people who are going to matter. It doesn't mean you don't matter. There's some people who are going to resonate with your style of artistry over Van Gogh and over Monet, you know? And, you know, I, I and I have to say, at least for me, and um, you can chime in too, this has been a huge kind of journey to get to this point to understand that because I think at the beginning, when you are such a new therapist, it is really hard not to compare yourself and to figure yeah. out, like, where do I fit in this, like, huge world of therapy? Yeah. And as you start to practice your art, And you start to recognize, like, this is what resonates with me and this is what's resonating with my clients. Yeah. You start to build on that. And so that is what I would say is, like, become the best artist that you can possibly be as a therapist. There is this amazing quote from Diablo Cody and Juno. Wait, I have to read it. Please. Okay. In my opinion, the best thing you can do is find a person who loves you for exactly what you are. Good mood, bad mood, ugly, pretty, handsome, what have you. The right person will still think the sun shines at your ass. And that's the kind of person that's worth sticking with. And the reason I like this idea is because like, you know, no matter what, like to me, the best artist in the world is my four-year-old. Yeah. I think that she is the most talented, brilliant, 
artist. It is scribble. It is nothing. And no matter what she does, I will think the sun shines out of her fucking ass. And I feel the same way about you. And I feel the same way about so many of our therapists. And I feel the same way about fucking Nikki, my love of my little life. Um, (laughs) And you do not have to be the biggest, best, most famous, richest in the world to be surrounded by love. And when we compare ourselves to some of the stuff that is fake, that is what is such a risk to me. Yes. When there are probably people in your life who think the sun shines out your ass no matter what. And it's probably some of your clients to that therapist. Yes. And that's not every client. There's lots of clients that don't like me, that don't like you, that we know have left us because it wasn't the right fit. And that's great for them. And... There's other people that think, you know, I'm totally fucking brilliant. And I think that that is you're going to find the people that work. And that's what I want you to focus on. Okay, so there's a grief. So you don't have the most Instagram followers. You don't own your own practice. You know, whatever those things are. That does not mean the work you're doing is not incredibly life changing and important. Yes. And so reground that back down and realign yourself. And what are my values here? Yes. really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash chicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash chicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash chicks. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. 
ingredients. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. Sibling dynamics. Why are siblings competitive with each other? Ooh. Are you competitive with your sibling? No. Yeah. I'll just, you know, give a little background. My brother was always like the animated one. <laughs> always Your brother is hilarious. Hilarious. He was always loud. Taught, he was He's older than me. And I was quiet and I was very comfortable taking kind of a backseat. That was very comfortable for me. I also think, you know, the fact that we're different genders was helpful for that, that like helpful to not be compared to my brother in a lot of ways. And I I also think the parenting matters in terms of comparing siblings with each other. Some parents breed competitiveness between siblings. Yeah, exactly. Why can't you be more like Francesca? Yeah. Or like, right. (laughs) Love the names. The names are so good. So yeah, I think that I we really didn't get that from our parents in terms of comparison. What about you? Did you have any competitiveness with your brother? I feel like my brother and I are so drastically different. It would be like comparing like a a frog and a a balloon or something. Like not even the same species. <laughs> but opposite gender. Exactly. Right? Parents didn't like really breed it within us, but we are very different. Now, I would be interested if we asked our brothers the same question, if they would feel the same way. I don't feel that. That doesn't mean that's not what my brother feels from me. But I think that I do. I, I, I've i seen it and I've heard it from so many clients and I've seen it in my own eyes of other parents that I've been around that they like they breed it. Yeah. Oh, well, she's so easy and he's so difficult. Well, you might not might not help their relationship right. when you talk about them like that. And they're going to internalize that. So mm-hmm. that's what I would. So that so the person who's asking this question, why are siblings so competitive with each other? I would ask a question to you of what what's the competition that comes up for you? Like what and where where maybe did that stem from? What does that bring up for you in being competitive with your sibling? Um, because I think too, you're so used to, especially if you grew up close in age, same gender, right? That I think it's more natural that parents are maybe comparing the two of or twins. I think it's more natural that that siblings are being compared to each other. So my question for you would be like, how do you differentiate from your sibling, right? Just because that was your upbringing doesn't mean you can't create your own identity and develop a new sense of who you are. And I think that when you're developing your identity and you're constantly being compared to your sibling, it is easy to say like, oh, who am I in relation to this other person as opposed to just like, who am I as a person? Mm -hmm. And so that is what I would encourage in adulthood is how do you start to disassociate yourself 
from your sibling. And that doesn't mean cut them off. That means how do you create your own identity that isn't yeah. in relation to your sibling? And yeah. maybe maybe your narrative about who you are has to change. And yeah. maybe that narrative was based on the comparison to your sibling. And so that might rock your world a little bit to do some of that identity work, but it's going to be so important because you are your own person separate from your your sibling. I do think jealousy within siblings, I think that's instinct, right? Like you have that, I want that. You have the red ball, I want the red ball. Um, There is very much a grass is always greener side, right? And I don't think that's necessarily from parents. I think that's very instinctual from children. Yes. Millie's doing Millie's in this phase where she does this thing. <laughs> every show we watch and every book we read, if there is like some stuffed animal or toy, she's like, Can I have that? That stuffy, can I have that? I can I have one of those one day? And it like is like such a trigger for me because I'm like, one, you can't have everything, two, you don't need everything. And I can't like I it's like very complicated because like half the time I'm just like, Yeah, yeah, someday, because I'm just like, please stop and like we're running late and I like have to do this yeah, thing. Yeah. And then other times I'm like, you know, like we really we can't have everything all the time. And if we had everything, what would be left for everyone else? And you would get bored of it and our house wouldn't overflow, right? We'd like talk and stuff. But it is just like a that's a normal childhood yeah. thing to want what other people have. Yes. And I think it's kind of normal now, right? Like, I look at my neighbor's house. Like, I have some neighbors that have, like, really beautiful landscaping. We have grass. (laughs) (laughs) We have grass. Speaking of grass is always greener, (laughs) literally. And ours is not. (laughs) They have very green grass. I have grass that, like, you know, children and dogs have um, destroyed. And I feel jealousy and I compare that, right? So, like, I think it's just like a normal thing. I think there's also like a, a, a safety in it. I have, if I have the nicest house on the block, if I have the nicest clothes, if I have the nicest car, it gives me some type of false sense of security. Yeah. And I think keep it up with that, the Joneses. That's the trouble is that like you'll never get there. No matter I sure what won't. you do. <laughs> I also no, not have you. dogs that destroy I'm my saying, grass. Not you specifically. I'll say people in general, you know, if you always want for more, right, if you're always comparing, you will never get to the point where you are settled within yourself and being like, okay, I have it all. I'm good. I hate to be this girl again and go back up on my soapbox, but let me walk on up there. there. This is my big annoyance with like our values and priorities in society is like, we're so freaking obsessed with rich people. Yes. It is. It's wild. Like I, you know, social media is obviously feeding my it's feeding home decor stuff to me all the time. And like Decker, because I'm I'm doing a renovation to my house and like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say how expensive it is to do some of this shit. And you realize, you know, as you're like scrolling through and social media is like feeding you like this is what a beautiful kitchen is. And yeah, that it's it is unachievable, you know, for me, at least at this point in my life. And I think to recognize that too, because you're being fed all this stuff that, that really is not realistic. And, and I had to get off social media. Every time now I see some of that, I get off and I'm like, I'm not doing that. Or like, I'll try to, you know, reset my feed by like looking at a long video of a cat or something. (laughs) Smart. <laughs> Confuse that videos. algorithm. Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking with it. <laughs> I beat the system. 
<laughs> but yeah, it, it is it is wild. And I think that that happens in so many ways, whether it's looking at really rich people who have, you know, really beautiful homes or, you know, body image stuff mm-hmm. to look at other people who are altering their body or the, um, you know, relationships, right, where you're only seeing a certain side of relationships on social media, and you're not seeing all of the back end stuff. And so I think that really, this is where it it opens up a conversation about conscious consumption on social media and what that looks like and recognizing how much you're comparing yourself to other people. Mm. I like this question. You seem on the fence about it. Yes. Why is it easier not to compare myself to people who I believe deserve what they have? Okay. I okay. I, I have. have okay. Wait. I have actually. Yes, I agree with this question. Um, I do think it's easier. I have this right. Like, I. It's one of the reasons I had to get off social media was a lot of um, fertility shits. And right, if I ha- if I know someone is like going through IVF and they're struggling, it's their first child. I am like, I'm just so happy for them. And then if I have someone who's like talks online about how miserable they are being a mom and they're on their fourth fucking kid, I'm like not happy about that. Right. So I do. So I can understand that. Is there something about being able to relate? Mm, maybe. Maybe. I have to process through that more. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like deep in thought. We don't read these questions beforehand. Do you guys know At that? All. <laughs> we we don't we don't like we are processing them in yeah. real time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you have that out? What do you think? Uh no. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm I'm thinking like if if I ever feel like anger or something or like frustration with someone who has something that maybe I don't or like I yeah. it brings up less for you. Yeah, it just it brings less up less for me because I'm just like, all right, what I I think I redirect it. Yeah, I think I'm quick to redirect that mm-hmm. because maybe because anger is just an uncomfortable emotion for yeah. me. Yeah, um, or frustration with someone else, but that's that is an interesting one, and I just you know, I guess my question would be, what does it do for you? Like, is it is uh-huh. it serving something for you? Is it giving? something for you to to have that and maybe it does it bring up the grief and maybe the anger piece of the grief of like i'm pissed that you know like i I would be such an amazing mom and i don't get that opportunity you know in that scenario and how frustrating that is in that grief like i'm wondering if it brings up any of the anger connected towards the grief oh that's interesting all right, I have to process that one more. Yeah, yeah, you take your time. Okay, maybe someone else has a better, if you if you have a better response, you DM me and we'll, yeah, you yeah, and I yeah. can talk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And when I say you and I will talk, Jen will screenshot what you say to me. Yeah, and, yeah, and um, I will and send And then it she will respond back. <laughs> Emily's just on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> just, she's, she's just loving Reddit. I don't days. compare myself to anyone on Reddit. Let Reddit. me tell you that. The best. <laughs> Let me tell you that. <laughs> okay, we have to get to your Jen and M. Wow. Wow, time flies when you're having time, fun, you know? The time flies when you're, you know. All right, all right. You want me to read it? I got it. Uh, yes, you were you're doing great today. Thank you. I have been with a wonderful partner for four and a half years, and I adore them. My partner still speaks to a previous situationship, and it has brought up a lot of insecurities, jealousy, and resentment in me. I know I need to work on myself, but the relationship also bothers me. Where should I begin to work on feeling safe, loved, and wanted by my partner? Thank you for all you do. Love you. We love you too. 
Yeah, I want to hear what you to say first. The first thing I'm going to say, I guess this is a question, obviously you can't answer. Have you brought this up to your partner that it that it bothers you? I think that so often, you know, we tend to say like, oh, this is just my issue. This is just something I need to work on, which let me say, let me first say, it's wonderful for you to be able to say, I can take some responsibility for this in some way. And I can work on my part of it because um, relationships are about two people. But I think in any healthy relationship, it is important to be able to talk about the things that maybe bring up some insecurity for you. Because what happens when we don't bring it up and we put it all on ourselves is that resentment, that jealousy, they build. And as they're building, eventually they're going to come out in a way that is not going to be healthy for the relationship. Where one day it's going to come out and you're going to say, well, you always talk about this and I'm so pissed and who is this person, whatever it is. And so the thing that I would encourage is for you to be able to bring this to your partner sooner rather than later. To be able to say like, hey, like I, I want to talk to you about this one thing. I know you bring up this past relationship. Um, it really brings up a lot of insecurities in me and it makes me feel a little bit jealous. And I just want to share that with you because I'm not sure if you know that that's something that's coming up for me. Um, I I don't think that you're going to go back to this person. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel secure in our relationship, but it's something that just brings up natural insecurities in me. I start comparing myself to them and it's really hard for me in our relationship. Your answer is so much more um, detailed and, and lovely what would you say? than mine. You know, ma'am, you have brought this thing up multiple <laughs> times and I really don't like it. It doesn't make me feel good. Might be my shit. Who knows? But out of respect, can we not talk about them anymore? I would just plain and simple set a boundary, right? Because we're talking about boundary work in some ways, right? And I think that we, in a relationship, if something's really not working for you, like you are their partner and you get to fucking say that. And if there's some reason of, why they can't do that, I think that gives you a lot of information too. Yeah. But you're allowed to just straight up say like, actually like, shh, boundary. Not working for me. Not working for me, honey. So you have two different ways of going there. about this. Jen's is nice. <laughs> Eat, but both are setting boundaries. It's two, yeah, it's two different ways of setting boundaries, right? It's two so different like, ways of setting boundaries. Essentially what we're saying is you're... It is not your responsibility to take this all on yourself and say, I yeah. need to change something. Yeah. And that's what you're saying in this question. It, it's important in any relationship to be able to say, this is not working for me. And I, you know, it's important for us to change this. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. All right. Hey. That's our episode. Compare, the, compare this episode to others. We're not sure. Um <laughs> Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and follow on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> if you are looking for a clinician, um, we have clinicians in so many states across the U.S. now. Um, we just got openings in California. So if you're in California and you've been on a wait list, feel free to reach on out. You can go to thetherapygroup.com. Um, if you're not sure if we have a clinician in your state, just fill out a contact form and we can let you know. Um, if we don't, we will definitely give you referrals. You know, if this episode resonated with you, you think it would resonate with a friend, feel free to send it on over. We love you. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Check us out on YouTube, too. Oh, check us out on YouTube. 
You'll see you our, can watch lo- our lovely faces. <laughs> thank you for listening today and don't forget that to grow yourself you got to know yourself we'll see you next week on tree chicks